Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is David Chandler, and I'm the host of this edition of Talk Shoe. And uh, I want to talk about something that's um, been weighing heavily on my heart. Uh, and before I do, I would just like to apologize for the um, technical difficulties that I was experiencing about an hour ago, I uh, wasn't able to log in, So, uh, but fortunately I am now. But the, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, whatever happened to the black family. And uh, I want to be biblical because, of course, uh, as Christians, as believers, we have an obligation to be bibliocentric in everything that we do and everything that we examine. You know, the, the Bible says that... Um, we have to test the spirits to see whether they're of God. Uh, the Bereans in the book of Acts test the scriptures or search the scriptures to see whether, you know, what Paul was saying was true concerning the gospel. So what we have to do is search the scriptures to see um, what God is, is, is saying to us. And what I want to do is go to the... Uh, new, the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, and, and I want to go to the book of Genesis. And uh, if you I want to turn to um, Uh, I want to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. I want to turn to the book of um, Genesis, Genesis, chapter 5, verse 2. And this is very, uh, very important. This was something that was really spoke to my heart. And it says, uh, and this is the book of the generations of Adams in the day that God created man in the likeness of man of God made he him male and female, created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. Now, this is the family. God created 
the the family. As a matter of fact, he created the family even before he started the he instituted the church. And within that family, he's he created male and female, mother and father. And from there came the and and you know if you notice that in that particular passage of scripture he was they were both created in the likeness of God in other words they were created with you know in the likeness of God in the sense of morality intellect volition and will well volition is will but but there's something that needs to be stressed in chapter 2 it says Male and female created he them and blessed them. In other words, that relationship was blessed. You know, that the, the idea of holy matrimony comes to mind. When when two people get married, you know, a man and a woman, they get married, you know, in front of God as their primary witness, in front of family, friends. You know, that relationship is blessed. It's acknowledged. And... What we have, you know, is a, a a God's endorsement of the traditional marriage relationship that consists of man and woman. And God's word hasn't changed. As a matter of fact, God says, I am God and I change not. So God's word, even though man changes, man changes his mind every five to ten seconds. But God never changes. He's immutable. That's a part of his character. You know, the idea of him being immutable, for all you theologians out there, that means that he is incapable of changing. And so since God is incapable of changing, God's word is incapable of changing. So we can trust what he says in his word. You know, so... That is the the traditional family. But what I want to get into is, when I, you know, let's turn to the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, this is pretty famous for all you kids out there that were, you know, on punishment uh, when you were, you know, Doing something that you had no business doing, and your and your parents made you read this particular passage of scripture, and it says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." Verse two: Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That verse three: That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And this is very important because I want to focus on verse four. And ye fathers. Now watch this phrase here. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now here, Paul is giving a commandment by virtue you know, of the, the Holy Spirit. He was more or less, well, he was uh, you know, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these epistles. Two-thirds of the New Testament epistles, as a matter of fact. And verse 4, he says, And ye fathers, this is a commandment from God, ye fathers provoke, or, you know, not your children to wrath. In other words, 
you know, this idea of provoke is to not to, and, and I'm going to look this up right now, the word provoke. You know, the, the definition of provoke is to induce or to make angry or to make something. You know, it's a transitive verb, to provoke, to arouse, to oh, to a feeling of action, to incite to anger, to call forth as a feeling of a- or action, invoke, you know, to provoke laughter, to stir up purposely, to like to provoke a fight, to provide the need, the needed stimulus or, you know, force something like the will or provoke uh, a lot of discussion. And so this idea of provoke, which is a, you know, e-fathers, provoke, which is a transitive verb. It's, a, it's a, an action, you know, uh, to arouse or to incite. And what a lot of fathers had done was provoke their children to anger or wrath instead of bringing them up in the nurturing and the admonition of the Lord. And how does a father do this? How does a father provoke a child to wrath by not being there, abuse or, or things of that sort. So what we see in, in the black family is um, a provoking, and this is why a lot of children are angry, you know, because um, uh, I have a f- call from Florida. Hello? Yes, this is. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Yes. What's happening? I was uh, coming in. I just, uh, I just got on. What have I missed? Oh, uh, I was. Um, is this Nathaniel Graham? This is me. Oh, yeah. I, I was up, just. Bro? I'm sorry. What's up, bro? Hey, how's it going? Very well. With your brother. Yeah, let me turn this to, uh, radio off so I can hear you a little clearly. Okay. But, yeah, I'm um, glad that you could join me. Um, I, I was just, you know, talking about um, the, the family, the black family, and um, how yep. a father, I was just reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, and uh, it's very po- important to note that... Um, you know, how a father is, you know, how a father can provoke your children to, a a child to wrath. You know, what are the ways that he can provoke their children to wrath? And I've already given the definition of, of the word provoke, which means to incite or to arouse a strong feeling for something. And what fathers have done, particularly in the black community, was to, um, you know, they're not there for their children. And we see this in white families as well, but we don't see this on a large scale like you see in the black community. So I was wondering if you had anything to, to add to that. Oh, the, the provocation of the children by by the fathers not fulfilling the roles that... Um, 
I'm going to go. I hope there's not too much noise here. Give me just a second. Yeah. Okay. The provocation. Here we go. The provocation of the of the children, and um, I'll say this. I think for for black men and black women, um, I look at the family as more of a unit, mm-hmm. um, not like two individuals that are pointing at each other like you should have did this or you should have did that. I think um, the roles are not or have not been effectively um, taught and as well um, lived out. So you have men and women that don't know what they're doing. Um, but specific to specific to the fathers, I think there is a lot of um, provocation, like, um, you know, just because um, I'm your father, you need to do what I regardless of um, the wrongs I've made. Like, there's a lack of humility, I've noticed, in the black community amongst parents. Many of the parents aren't humble at all. They're, you know, the commanders. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they they're not really um <clears throat> they're not really well, what what's the word they they're not really um um well, they they don't train they they just tell people what to do so like a father will say do your homework but he won't work with you to mm-hmm. get it done a father will say don't you know get a go pregnant but he doesn't you know involve involve the child in, in positive activities to actually give them something to do so that they won't, like, in their boredom, end up just fooling around and doing something stupid. Um, and, um, I mean, that to me, I think, is, is, is a big issue. It, it's, it's the father's not completely being humble and completely taking on their role 100%. Um, and, you know, so does that have to do with them per se? Yes. It also has to do with the wife as well. You need both people acting in their roles. So, so I mean, but I look at them as a unit, not like two separate individuals. I think there's a lot of, that, a lot of male blaming, like, oh, it's all the men's fault. We're the women. We're, we have it all together. We're perfect. It's mm-hmm. those losers that we got with, that we had kids with. It's them. It's not, you know, it's like. Not us. Not us. I mean, and, and I mean us, meaning the woman and and the men, not not right. just the woman. So, right. So yeah. Well, I, I believe that, uh, and I'm glad you brought up that point because I believe that there's a lot of discipline in a vacuum. We we like to discipline our children in a vacuum. In other words, it's like you just got finished explaining that you don't, you know, you, you a father may tell his child, okay, well, do your homework. And or you know don't go outside. Well, why? Um, just because I said so. Okay, so that's not. Yeah. And and I want to explain something. You know, a lot of black parents, you know, have there, there's two. There's about three different parent. Well, four actually, different types of parenting styles. Um, there's what is called authoritative and authoritarian. There's permissive and then there's, you know, uh, strict or whatever. But the the, authority, the two parenting styles that I want to really 
focus on is authoritative and authoritarian. There's a difference. Authoritative is the loving but firm, you know, nurturing. And, and see, we, we learn this in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And ye fathers provoke my children and bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. What is that? Well, there has got to be, nurturing involves love. Sure, you have to be firm with your child. You, you're not going to be permissive. You're not going to let your child just run amok. You know, you're, you're going to be firm. You're going to put your foot down. Hey, don't do that because the reason why I tell you don't put your finger in that live electrical socket is because you're going to kill yourself. You're going to electrocute yourself. You're going to get electrocuted. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's a balance with that. You notice Paul, note that, you know, told us the balance. You know, nurture and admonition, teaching and being nurturing. There's something missing. You know, there's either there's a lot of admin, you know, admonishing, but there's not a lot of nurturing. And that's yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to want to say something really quick. That to me is what um, I was speaking with somebody. I think, even tonight on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, it was it's it's about um, parents. You know, the 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 antiquated um, conversation of, okay, we need, I'm sick of taking on our roles. We need the men to step up to the plate, come to the table, you know, those those fantastic, catchy phrases. Um, but, but again, like you say, the issue that I, that I brought up is if you have a child, you're going to need to spend, like, at least four hours, four hours a day investing um, and spending time with that child so that then you can really, then beat your chest and say, I am a parent, because I spend four hours a day at least investing in the child. Um, and like what you're talking about, nurturing, you're talking about, you know, pouring things into the child, I think more than just write, writing arithmetic, like real life lessons, important gems and jewels, and, and of course there'll be different different aspects of, um, of sharing different things with the child, but you know, but if you're not, like you say, like you like the scripture say, if you're not nurturing and bringing them up a specific way, you, uh, you can't really say that you're a parent. You can't really say that you're you're really fulfilling the role that God's given you. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump in and share that. Well, that's fine. Uh, you, you've added, you know, you, you've touched on something that um, that's very important because. Um, again, we don't have the balance, you know, there's a lot of, you know, dictatorship and there's a lot of, you know, admonishing of our children, but there's not a lot of love and nurturing and therein lies the, the, the problem. And this is what causes dysfunctional families, um, you know, within the black family, 72 to 80% of all black families are headed by women. Well, on the outside looking in, you may say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Dad just didn't want to be bothered. Dad just decided to do something else and not be held accountable for his children. Well, there's something, there's a little more, it's more to it than that because now we're looking at a problem, and an issue that no one wants to talk about. Nobody. 
you know, we we there there's been a few people that have dared to talk about it, but they've come up across a lot of criticism. Even I have come across a lot of criticism. Well, you can't judge. I'm tired of you judging black women, you know, all these kinds of things. So it's always the black man's fault that families are hit by women. But if you really look at those statistics and you look at the word of God and you study it and you really take, you know, eat it, you know, as the Bible. Wait a minute. Uh, Are you telling us to look at statistics in the Word of God, like to really read the Bible and really follow it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's basically what I'm I'm talking about. Well, <laughs> okay. That's the point. I'm sorry. I just wanted to, I wanted to jump in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. But uh, we, we need to do – because we're losing – the, the battle, and when you reach statistics that are that high, 72 to 80 percent, I was told it was 80 percent, but, you know, I, don't, I, I guess maybe it's that high, I'm not sure, but I know it's around 72 percent of all black families being held, you know, headed by women, and you look at your churches, let's take it a step further, Look at your churches. Look at all your black churches. Not all of them, but most of them. Look at most of your black churches on every single corner. Go to any city in the area, any inner urban area, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Philly, Chicago, um, Omaha, Nebraska, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, any urban setting, and you'll find the same problem in any any black church. Most of all of your churches almost all your black churches are headed or pastored by women. And you, you sit back and you wonder, well, where are the men? Why aren't the men standing up and, and, and I don't want to say take control, but what are we, you know, let's take the initiative. But see, the reason why is because, dare I say, the women are stepping in the way. They're in the way. They're They're trying to, you know, say, well, look, since you guys are not, doing it, then we're going to do it. And the only reason why they are, they feel as though they need to do it is because, well, you know, my dad wasn't there for me. You know, I've dated a a bunch of guys that were in and out of jail. They couldn't, they were in and out of the penal system. They couldn't really do much for me. So now I have to take the initiative. I have to take control. I have to take the bull by the horn, so to speak. And I have to take on this and this is why we meet so many black women, dare I say, uh, that are aggressive and, can I use the word belligerent? <laughs> yeah, Hello? you can use belligerent. Yeah. Oh. No, you can use belligerent. Okay, I, you know, belligerent, no, um, crass, rude, I, I, you know, in, in even the ones that are not so much like that, but they're just... But they're aggressive. You know, you find the educated black sisters who are not so much what I just got finished describing, but in the sense they're controlling. And you can see that in their demeanor. You know, sit down and have a conversation with them. They'll always want to take the initiative. They will always want to take control over the conversation. But why? But why? Why do you think that that is? Because of they think that you don't have... And this all goes, this is projection. This is what psychologists call projection. I hate using 
pop psychological precepts, but when I'm talking about the Word of God, but mm-hmm. this is what we call, you know, psychologists and counselors call projection. It's anger that's being projected onto you because they never really had the chance to deal with their anger. You know, their dad was never there, and it's abandonment. A lot of us are dealing with what is called abandonment issues. Now, I know a lot of people are getting ready to say, well, it's it's in every race, every race suffers from bad and dysfunctional families, not necessarily, because in in a white family, I guess the reason why dad is not there is because mom and dad divorced. And since mom and dad divorced, they're sharing custody over the children. And not only are they sharing custody over the children, but they're trying to split assets, you know, like money, the house, car, you know, bills, or whatever the case may be. Or even the, the, the fund, the, the, the tuition fund that they set up for Bobby Joe or, you know, Tamara, whatever. And so dad moved out. He moved to another state or he may have even moved to another part of the, t- of the city. And so mom usually typically, you know, has custody over the children. And I'll get to my point in a second. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is dad always has a way to see the children. In the black family, this doesn't happen. Black families, mom and dad don't get married at all. And so after he, you know, gets her pregnant, then he takes off. He moves on. And so the ch- he's not even there for the the the, the, the birth, the initial birth of the child. So since he's, he isn't there, that child grows up in a home where dad was, wasn't there at all. And so he grows up, he, he's 10, 11, 12, and then there's that feeling of abandonment. Well, where's dad? And so mom is angry at dad, so he takes it out on the child, especially if there's a male child in the picture. So, you know, how does the mother take it out on the child? Well, it's con- you know he tries to shelter him, tries to control him, tries to you know treat him like a child. You know when he gets older, the older he gets, he starts to pull away from mom because mom you know because he's establishing his own sense of self. He's establishing his own personality. Well, his own personality is already etched in stone. You know as far as his development is concerned, but he's trying to show himself that he can stand on his own two feet. He doesn't need mom to hold him up anymore. But mom is holding on to him because he's the last vestige of what a man is in her life because dad is not there. So when, you know, when you end up talking to her, you talk to a lot of these single mothers and they, they're angry and they're frustrated because, you know, they have this feeling of abandonment. And so they're going to hold that against you by by uh you know by proxy Did that... uh, I'm about I'm about to get real here. I'm going I'm about to really get real. Um, I hope I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. You you're on point, my brother. You're on point. This hmm. it's two things. I, maybe three. Okay. I think I think one is hostility for being born black and mm-hmm. being in America. The comparison and contrast with why can't we have what white women have? 
Why mm. can't you give us what women get for white men? Who cares how much blood, how many how many genitals were cut off, how many men were were hanged, how much you know, how much injustice that has not been you know um, dealt with in America? We mm-hmm. still want what they have. We don't care who they've murdered, what demonic things that they did to have what they had. We want what they have. That's number one. Number two, you have grandma, auntie, sisters, cousins, female friends, telling the black woman how great she is, telling her how she's never made a mistake mm-hmm. over and over again, how wonderful she is, coupled with with white supremacy pouring money into her pocket. Well, you know, with the, with the same hand that gives them the money, it's the same hand that is sprinkling crack cocaine, drugs, prostitution, you know, um, genetically modified, you know, food, you know, not only in the black community but all over the world. Right. Which, which adds to a delusion that many of these women participate in. So they're walking around feeling and thinking that they're X, Y, and Z, and then they get tricked by a dude, which is which is doubly devastating. I've been told mm. that I'm a goddess. I'm on on a Mount Olympus, and this dude with with, with dirty with dirty boxes got mm. me pregnant, tricked me, and and is out of my life. I don't even know where he is it where he's at. I lost. He beat me. That's number two. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost their competition with men. Number number one was they're they're not getting what what white women are getting, and then you have the third piece, which is you know the negligence of parents. Mm-hmm. Many of them don't know how to be a woman. They don't know. It's not even a question of um, why why do men leave? Like they wouldn't know they wouldn't know how to care for a man if if he came into their life, which is it, which is a the third issue, men come into their lives, it's, listen, the same man, um, let's call him Dexter. Dexter goes into Amy's life with Amy's a black woman. Dexter's a black man. Dexter goes into Amy's life. Amy doesn't know how to effectively communicate with them. The only thing, only thing she knows how to do is communicate with them sexually. Um, mm-hmm. Dexter looks at her and he's like, well, I'm a man of God. I don't have premarital sex. Amy is confused because her auntie, grandma, friends, and cousins have told her, oh, all black men want to do is hit. She says, mm-hmm. oh, so you must be gay or mm-hmm. um, um, Dexter is like, my goodness, I look down in the Bible, and I look at you, and you're not a woman of God. So I'm sliding over here. The same lame guy to her is a man of God to a woman of another race. And a black woman's mad that she lost there. So she's lost via birthright. She's lost via her sex in comparison to other races. She's mm-hmm. lost via, via the delusions that she's fed by, by other black, black females in her life from her grandma down. And then, then she loses a good man that comes, listen, that comes to her first. Doesn't go to the others first. He goes to her first. Mm. And he slips right through her fingers like oil. So, wow. so she's constantly losing, constantly losing all the time, but at the same time saying, no, I'm winning. You know, and in the whole world, 
is looking at her like, you winning? Well, well, hold on, hold on, look. Look, Amy's winning, you know. She has education. She she has two degrees. But for, I mean, she, she knows how to make a spaceship. But she doesn't have a man. She has, she has 12 years of NASA, of NASA mathematics. But she doesn't know how to talk to a man. Mm. Someone, someone who's a night manager at Taco Bell, you know, she's a night manager at Taco Bell. He, he's the manager at Home Depot. They've been married for 12 years. They have three kids. They're happy. But, but not, not the NASA, the not, not the NASA rocket, you know, designer, you know, Amy. She has all these awards and all these accolades. But no man, because from the first day. She wasn't empowered, even though she says she's empowered. She was not empowered by her mother and by her father. And you know what? I, I want to. I don't want to. I don't mean to jump in there, but you, you yeah, touched on something that was very, very significant. That was very telling. Empowered. Uh, I hear a lot of young ladies talk about empowerment, and I'm going to touch on, you know, music and fatherlessness in a second, but um, this this is going to all key in together. Uh, I was uh, listening to G. Craig Lewis. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's out in Texas. He's he's a preacher. He's a pastor out there in Texas, and he's known well known for his um, his uh, like you know the Truth on Hip Hop series, oh. and. and he touched on something that was very, very interesting, though, this whole idea of fatherlessness, perpetual singleness, um, and the entire hip-hop genre. And, you know, Beyonce talks about how she's a diva and this, that, and the other. And so, and I'm saying to myself, well, now I'm seeing a lot of young girls, young black girls call themselves divas, call themselves goddesses, call themselves this, that, and the other. And I'm saying to myself, and, and then in, in, the, in a lot of black churches, they have all these empowerment seminars and all that other stuff. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And so now I had to kind of do some research and all that. And so, you know, it, it all came back to me because, you know, the reason why they focus on, and you can never make them happy. You know, you, you marry them and, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's you know, serious, it, right there. Yeah, that's it, serious. It, 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 it is. It, you know, you, you have the degree. Now, I've met ladies that have had two degrees, you know, a master's degree in, in sociology. As a matter of fact, I was talking to one a couple of months ago, and, you know, I knew just as much as she did. Even though I didn't have the master's degree, she did. And so we stopped, you know, she stopped talking to me. And I'm saying to myself, why can't we build anything? Well, hold on. She stopped talking to you because you didn't have a master's degree? No, no. She stopped talking to me, I, I assume, because, you know, I knew just as much about the subject that she had studied in in uh, graduate school as much as she did. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting because I think um, this is something I find very interesting. If you're educated, you've been given, mm-hmm. less, you've been given all kinds of resources, tools, and, and, and assets. What's really interesting, I found, find, is the more education, the more money, the more success that many many of from what I've seen black women get, 
the more nasty, the more mean, the more of a liability they are to the black man. Like, the, the minute they get on, then they start really grinding a black man's face into the gravel. Like, instead of, instead of realizing, wow, God's blessed me with all these things, how much better can I love and, and express my love and care for, for the black man? It's like, no, it's, the, it's almost the exact opposite. Her degree is a weapon. Her, her financial status is a weapon and, and is used to bloody and, 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 and humiliate the black men that, that, isn't, that isn't on her pay scale or isn't in the, the particular market that, that, she, that, that she's in, regardless of whether he is he's banging it out in whatever market he's in. Like, he could be like a phenomenal teacher, high school teacher. Well, well then, I'm sorry, you don't make, you know, you're not a, you're not a lawyer. You don't have a lawyer salary. Well, the market dictates you know, what, what I'm going to be paid as a teacher, as an instructor. Just like the market dictates that you're paid as, as a lawyer. So what you're saying is you're buying, bowing down to the idol of the market and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and punishing the man because you've been blessed. doesn't make any sense to me. Never has well, made any sense, you know. It, it, it doesn't, and I think it's, pain, you know, a lot of pain, you know, a lot of, years of pain, you know, remember, you know, ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath. And this is what is happening. Our children are angry. And I don't know why. I mean, well, I do know why. I already explained it. But, you know, they're angry because, you know, their dad's abandoned. And it's a double whammy. It's not just him being there and him not paying attention to any her, the, the wife or the kids. But him not being there at all, you know, from the time they cried into the womb until the time they cried into the crib, until the time they reached, they, they graduated from high school, until, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in, until the time they graduate from college or whatever the case may be, whatever accomplishment they may uh, have, there's no dad in the picture. And so that's, the anger, you know, and so when you hear a lot of single mothers, I, you know, I, I travel a lot, you know, I go out with a friend of, of mine and we go to the mall or I may just, um, if I'm by myself anyway, I may go to the laundromat or go to the store. Or, uh, I, I was in Rite Aid uh, a couple of years ago. and No, no, I was on the bus a couple of years ago and um, this young girl got on the bus with seven, well, not seven, but six kids. Well, no, she didn't have that many. She was five kids. And I'm like, five? And all she did was holler and scream at those kids. That's all she did. And it it, it was just, it, it you know, I, 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 first of all, I wanted to get off the bus. Secondly, you know, it just tore my heart out because these kids are being made, are being sacrificed because... Dad didn't want to be there and take responsibility for his actions. I got a guest. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead, and let that. I, I, I beef with that. I'll, after you let the, after the guest speaks, I, I want to share what what my thoughts are about how it's the man's thought, the man's fault that the woman has five kids. Um, oh, okay. And, and abuses him. So. Okay. Uh, hello. Hello, guest number three. Are you there? Hmm, I guess not. 
Yeah. So I, go ahead and uh, yeah. explain what your thoughts are. I just, I, I, again, it, it hurts to not have a father. It does. But, but we, we are all going to stand before God for what we've done. Um, and, and I think this is the issue with, with um, not having empowerment, like women not knowing how to effectively communicate with men to where sex, to where sex becomes like a competition, a source of comfort, a source of pleasure, a source of entertainment, something you do, you know, do because you're bored. Um, and, and what it really is is you have a lot of girls that don't, uh, that don't have anything going on. And then, and then, but sex, but sex there, and they're just like, oh, okay, well, I'll just have sex because, you know, I don't really have any other um, activities to do, which, which we can as well. We can blame that on, on the father. We can blame that on the mother. We can blame that on the parenting by not, you know, properly training them and, here's a word again, empowering their daughter to be able to control her urges to be able to um, to do to have good clean fun, but after the second child, it's you. It's you, man. You you, you need to. I mean, and, and my thought too is if you if you get pregnant, and this may be controversial, if you get pregnant and you um, by some some guy, well, you have to pick you have to pick godly men, and it, and it's obvious that she has a thirst for ungodly men. So to me, it's, it's hard for me to feel sorry for her um, if she if she's not doing everything she everything she can on her side, taking the right men, pursuing men that that have godly godly convictions, and as well like um, not getting in the way of a man's purpose. Men and women have purposes on on earth. So I mean, I'm gonna get in the way of a woman's purpose if I'm gonna fool around and get her pregnant. Um, right. Who knows whether or not God even mandated for me to do that? So then she has to navigate over and around I'm a child. Um, that that most of the time, there would be a lie detector test. Most of these women, if you would ask them, do you want baby? And and them keeping the baby was contingent on a lie detector test. I believe <laughs> eighty-five to ninety percent of the children will be in adoption agency. Literally, if you know, if they had lie detector test. Do you really want this child? What did you intend on having this child, or was this child a "quote unquote" mistake? And you would know already. So you have women doing things they don't want to do. You know, so they're doing something. So they're not being honest. They're not giving the child up to a family that will care, love, and nurture it. But then they, you know, but then they still want to keep it. But if they keep it, they're going to punish the poor child. For the mistake they made, um, which is, I don't want to say it's unfair. It's I just think it's evil. It's like if if you want to have fun, you know, do you know, do the specific measures to where you're not going to end up, you know, destroying. Um, and I'm not saying abortion. Um, no, no. You know, you know, destroying, destroying a kid's future. You know, but 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 don't have a kid. Keep the kid. The dude don't want the kid. Then you want to want to say, okay, I want to strip him of financial resources because I'm mad that I made a mistake. I want to beat the kid every time I look at him because the way his face 
Every time Look. I see his face, I, rem- I remember his father. So it's like you you have one person that can play judge judge that can play God over the over the, over the life of like five people, three people, the man, the child, and in the in the American community, the the people that pay for her child. So it's like you know, we 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 can say men can provoke a child to um to wrath by not properly training and investing in them, but. It comes a time when when you have to say, "No, I'm a nasty chick. I like doing <laughs> nasty stuff. I'm about that life, and I got caught off up in the game." Okay, I'm about I'm that life. Everybody pay for it. Go ahead. No, I, I was just making uh, not making fun of you, but I was just uh, you know um, repeating what you did the, the colloquialist the colloquialism phrase that you used. Well, the phrase that you used. You know, I'm 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 about that life. Um, you know, I'm a nasty chick. Uh, you know, but before you go on, I have a guest. Uh, guest number three. Um, he or she uh, is on the call. Uh, guest number three. Are you there? Hello. Yes, Hello. I do. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm fine. Uh, could you state your name and where you're from? I am from Michigan. Michigan. Yes. Oh, I wonder why it says just guest three. But um, hi. Uh, do you have anything to add to the? Um, to, to, I'm listening. To... Oh, you're just listening. I just I just um, got on the phone, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm trying to listen or follow up. Oh, we're we're talking about the uh whatever, you know, the the topic of the the discussion is what happened to the black family and um I've already um well, it's a of course it's very bible-based. Uh I uh read from Ephesians 6:4 and Genesis chapter 5 and uh we were talking about how God instituted the family and blessed it. Mhm. And so, and, and and then I referenced to Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's epistles, and uh, I read verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And we, myself and uh, Nathaniel Graham, uh, we discussed, you know, uh, the balance, you know, the different types of parenting styles that... Um, that that are there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the differences that are between that's between um, authoritarian and the authoritative parenting style, and the, the authoritative mm-hmm. parenting style is what the Bible supports, as opposed to the authoritarian style, which is somewhat more abusive. And uh, um, so, you don't have anything to add to that, or? No, I'm just listening for right now. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Nathaniel, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, so, yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with what you were saying. Um, we, th- th- there, there's a problem, and y- you brought up several points that um, I've been discussing with a few uh, friends of mine in, in the past um, when it, you know, regarding child rearing, and 
what we have now is a is a pandemic. It's not epidemic, but it's pandemic. And especially within our community, uh, we have mothers, young girls who are having children, and, you know, they're already angry. But it's strange, though. If you don't want the child, why you just give it up? And I'm not, and, and before and for the record, you know, for all those that are listening, we don't advocate abortion. We believe, right. according to the well, how, Bible, that about, abortion about, is murder. How about you abstain from having sex? Period. How about we get back to the Bible of having, you know, don't have sex before marriage? Well, I'm all um, for that. You know, I'm. We're all for that. You know, the, the Bible calls that fornication. You look at mm-hmm. um, uh, first. I think it's First Corinthians uh, six. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Um, and he he calls out some of the sins, two sins, the sins that are outside of the body, and then mm-hmm. there's sins that are against his own. Whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Now, it's interesting that Paul would use that phrase, sins against his own body. Well, what Paul was ta- what, what is Paul talking about? Well, Paul was talking about when you engage in, in, in uh, promiscuous behavior, when you sleep with someone that's not your wife or your husband, um, you sin or you uh, give yourself, you open yourself to grave consequences, psychologically, spiritually, mm-hmm. most importantly, and physiologically. Of course, you know, you've got the, you know, STDs and you've got unwanted pregnancies, but we we look at the spiritual kind of, the psychological and the spiritual consequences to breaking God's moral law, and, you know, we, we see a lot of young People, especially our age, in our age bracket, between the ages of 18 to 34, or might be a little older now, yeah. uh, we see a, a lot yeah. of young children born out of wedlock mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the psychological and spiritual damage that comes along with that. And um, so, yeah, why can't we go back to the way it was intended? It's a, I like, that's a good point. I mean, um, you have all the damage and the carnage that's done by our actual sin. But I also say, too, like, um, I look at sin, like, as darkness, meaning the absence of light. So mm-hmm. while, when you're when you're having premarital sex, going to, you know, fooling around, doing all this other stuff, you're not participating in the purpose that God created you for. So to me, I think I think that's more of a – that's more of the actual issue um, I mean, yeah, yeah. People, you know, the parade of sin will continue from now until 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 the return. But you you have a lot of people like like what I said earlier that they don't know what to do, and you don't have mom or dad teaching them what to do. The only thing their their parents are teaching them what to do is how to be good employees and good students. But other than that, whatever, you know, right. you're on your own, you know, and and that to me is why you have literally you have. Literally, black girls and black boys can't even sit down at the table and just talk as friends. Can't even do that. But but here's what's wild. They can't mm-hmm. sit down and talk as friends. But, boy, they be getting it in, homie. Like, <laughs> it, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's insane. So, uh, so, so let me 
don't want to talk to me, but you you'll you'll give me the most you know you'll give me your yourself, but you don't want to actually be my friend, and that's how that goes to show that in a lot of ways, in a lot of situations, like we are really um, trying to medicate ourselves or trying to distract ourselves, or or we're just bored. We don't have we don't know how to have fun with each other without spending thousands of dollars or without doing, you know, having sex. Like, black men and black women can have fun and, and enjoy each other, get to know each other without spending a dime. And and we we haven't, again, we haven't been taught by our fathers or mothers. We haven't. We haven't. Oh, my God. Well, and I, I also want to say that I think the church has really compromised as far as really drilling in it, it, being holy, living a holy life, because I know when I grew up in church, mm-hmm. holiness was for older people. It was, right. You didn't see holy kids who were 13 or 14. You didn't really have that, that role model of peers really living that holy life. And so right. I think Hypocrisy. that the church has really compromised that aspect of really teaching kids. You know, I think that they don't expect much from the, the new generation. They just think that you know, they're just going to go ahead and have sex. They doom them. They speak negative over them. Instead mm-hmm. of giving them an opportunity to be taught the right way and allowing them to make the right choices. So I think the church really have a, you know, big responsibility because at one point, you know, even with my grandmother, my grandmother didn't teach her nothing but a lot of things, but she went to church and she taught, she was taught a lot of stuff. So I think that we really don't, you know, the church is not really taking the responsibility for the platform or the influence that they have. They're not using it the right way. What they're using now is, you know, they're on reality shows and, you know, they're trying to, you oh, know, sell stuff money. Shows. Yeah, and it's like they're not really focusing on the family, focusing on the church, focusing on the community like they really should. So I would say that it's, you know, that's why well, I was saying that the church is really because I have people, friends who go to my church and they buy the kids birth control, and I'm just like, it used to be a time where you wasn't going to compromise. In my house, you ain't having sex, period. You know what you did at you know outside of it. I ain't know, got nothing to do with that, you know. Right. right. You you don't see Jesus passing out condoms to people. No. You get what I'm saying? He would teach the gospel. He would teach purity. He would teach holiness. That's how he would do. And we have compromised as a church. We have lost focus on really what's important. And you you see the change. You see the, you know, you see the effects of of the church not focusing. So that's what I was saying. It's a big thing with that. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we we see. And I'm a I'm a, what I'm going to do is something very unconventional. Not only is the church, have, you know, it has you know, not only did the church compromise its uh, standards, but I'm going to say how, or I'm going to ask the question: How has the church compromised its standards? Well, let me begin. You know, let me be the first to say that you know we have allowed secular music. In our churches, we've we've played. I, I was at a church, not a church, but I was at a Bible study uh, this past Wednesday, 
And this young lady was, you know, speaking. Well, she was a minister in training, and she was speaking. And she used cool during her sermon. Mm-hmm. She kept yeah. using, you know, uh, cool in the gang as her reference. I said cool in the gang. Well, wait a that wait a minute. I, it, it tripped me up. I said, wait a minute. That's. Do you know what that means? It, it, the, the song was called, um, you know. How are you going to do it if you really want to dance by standing on the wall or something like that? I don't know if anybody has heard of that. You're pretty much trying to say get get yourself involved with doing God's will. Don't be on the sideline. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think as a minister, because, you know, everybody has a different calling, right? So mm -hmm. say if you're called to be a police officer, there's a code of kind of, it's a professionalism as a police officer, so as a minister of the gospel, is that professional to use when you are preaching the gospel? Because even ministers need to operate in professionalism when they're preaching the gospel. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that secular music should have no place in the church at all. You know, not even using it, you're not supposed, you're not even using it as, a reference in your sermon. Now, granted, right. I know Jesus Christ used parables, but he, what, what purpose did he use the parables for? He used them to, you know, make spiritual uh, things understandable to, uh, to mm -hmm. humans. You know, so we wouldn't be able to understand what Christ was talking about if he did not use those parables. So for he didn't use secular music to prove a point? Worldliness, I, I guess, is what, is what you're saying in the church, and and you know we we see a lot of it. Not not just in you could have a church that doesn't have any um, quote unquote doesn't talk about you know you know Nas or I don't know Little Wayne, but they have clicks. Oh God, you know they have clicks. You know, so I mean, or, or racism. They may not even talk about Nas. They may get down and shake the tambourine and praise the Lord, but. But ain't, ain't no black person gonna, you know, gonna be with a, a white person, you know. So it's like the church should not reflect the world at all. You should go into church and be like, wow, this place is weird. Does the black people get treated like human beings? Well, men actually are leading. Women, are, women and men are being respectful. But but I want to I want to say something really quick. We, I think I believe as parents, it's on me. As a as a father, it's on my wife as a mother, my fictitious wife. I'm not married, but it's on the husband and wife to raise the kid when they go to the church, not to go get, but to go give. And I think mm -hmm. we have too many parents that want the label of oh I'm parent, but I, I drop my kid off to school, I drop my kid off to to dance practice, I drop my kid off to the football coach, I drop my kid off to daycare, I bring them home, I feed them, and I. I sit them in the bed, I, I drop them off to the pastor, and then I want to say I'm a parent. No, you're you're a taxi slash somebody who, like, um, um, a soup kitchen person. You're not really giving your kid anything. But but yet you, you don't want them to have sex, but you're, 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 uh, you're training them with the media, which I believe is another thing. When I'm getting my identity in, in my heart, anybody, I'll, I'll put it this way. 
if I'm getting my life from the media, I have no life. I I I mean, I'm not doing God's will. If I'm if I'm a parent, I'll put it this way: the media is for people that don't have lives or parents. Is what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. if my kid is doing the Beyonce dance, you know, I wake up <laughs> and my little girl, she has on a lace, a, a blonde lace front, and she's, you know, she's saying all the single ladies. That's that's my. Oh no! Don't sing that yeah, song. Is that a nightmare? You see her in like in a leotard, you know, and like a, a lace front, and she's like three years old singing all the single ladies. Like, would you just collapse and start crying, or would you get angry? But 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 again, like the media's for people that don't have parents. And people mm-hmm. that don't have wives. That's the way hey, I you know what? I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. All right. No, no I'm just saying even have TVs in their room at a certain age because they don't have that wisdom or discernment to know what to turn off, what to watch. Mm-hmm, I don't exactly. think that the kids at a certain age should have a TV. They should have a television maybe in the living room. And in the parents' room, so that you can watch and monitor what that kid is watching. But it's the, the person is kids are influenceable. They do what they see. They do what seems to be fun. They have an open heart and an open spirit. And it's mm-hmm. up to parents to guard their hearts, to guard their ear gates, eye gates, because at that time they're innocent. They really, it's just like you have to feed it a little newborn baby. You have to guard their hearts. So that means yeah. even when you. Uh, uh, taping the kids' movies, you may have to watch it before you even take them to even see if it's appropriate for their age group. You know, so I think it's just about using wisdom and um, filtering out your kids and not exposing them and teaching them and being real with your kids, giving them age-appropriate lessons. Start talking to them about being, um, you know, about being pure. Um, when I was little kid, my father would say, don't let nobody take your pot of gold. <laughs> you know, just age-appropriate things. Well, at least it wasn't it too going. vulgar. It was, no, it wasn't. I'm like, hey, I got a pot of gold. You know, it stuck with me. So I'm like, hey, this is, you know. And so you don't want your kids to learn, even when they get in high school, you don't want them to learn about sex through their, their peers. You should be teaching them what it is. It's awesome, but it's in, in a, it's only awesome in the right moment with your husband or with your wife under that. So I think you have to filter. You can't just, you know, you have to filter your kids. You you can't give your kids cell phones with Internet. It's pornography on Facebook. They are exposed to too much stuff, so you have to be ahead of the game. That's all it is. And not only that, that, um, we have uh, movies and I'm I'm gonna really touch on something that mm-hmm. Spaniel brought up, um, fatherlessness and rap and hip hop. Now, hip hop music started in the ni- late 1970s and around 1978-79 with the Sugar Hill Gang, and all of that gave black men an identity. Why? Because black men by this time were growing up in homes where there were no dad in the home. There were no dad there to establish um, this growing young kid's identity, you know, as a man. You know, his masculinity was not being, you know, uh, recognized by his mother. So he turned to hip-hop and, you know, rap and hip-hop music to 
tell him, oh, okay, you're a man, and this is how you're a man by, you know, this is where it's this idea of swag and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm gangster and all this other nonsense. And so now you've got rappers getting on national, getting on television in these rap videos saying that you don't need an education, all you got to do is be gangster and you're walking around with your pants sagging. And, and, and so black, most black women accepted this as manhood because, again, like we just got finished tell, uh, explaining to everyone who's listening, uh, you know, most little girls and little guys grew up without dads. So they don't have an example. They don't have a biblical example of what a man is. You know, that wasn't modeled for them. So these rappers can get on TV and show them anything. They can tell them, hey, you know, this is what this is, and, you know, and walking around, you know, with the grill in the mouth and all this other stuff. And so they, so now here we are 30 years later or 35 years later, you know, and this is what – and why is it so difficult for men like myself to find a wife – or to build a black family. Well, and I'm not blaming this on black women, but this is why this it's it's so difficult for us to communicate with each other because first of all, number one, we never were taught how, you know, we were never shown that example. We were never given that example of how men and women are to relate to each other in a healthy manner. Number two, we were so you know, we've been indoctrinated by these rappers, by these rap artists, you know, instead of communicating with a young girl and saying, hey, you know, this is, my name is such and such, and I want exactly. to get to know you. Right. I want to, yo, I want, yo, right. shorty, I want right. to do this, that, and the other. And so right. black women mm-hmm. kind of adopted this mentality and said, well, I don't want no scrub. I right. don't want no, I want me a, a rough neck. You know, I think that was Queen Long Latifah that sang that song. Exactly, but I want a roughneck. I want a thug. I want to. I want if he ain't smoking weed twenty four hours a day. I want another Wiz Khalifa. I want all these kind of guys, and so a guy like me would look. You know, a girl, uh, the average black girl anyway, would look at me as a a a, 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 a I don't know a nerd. Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, but yeah, exactly because yeah, those rap. I don't know if I 100% agree, but you, you're hitting it on the head, like mm-hmm. with, with how with the whole rap thing. I, I don't think it's just identity with, with the with these rappers because you got you got to know one thing though. What what do men like? Men like women. Yeah. You know? And and what 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 do the rap videos have in them? Some of the bunch most, of women dancing you know, around, dancingly clad, but it's women, 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 women. You know, <laughs> all around. Everywhere, you know. So you have you have women. That's one thing. The second thing you have with with rap is is the money aspect. Mm-hmm. That's something a lot of times we don't touch on. A man doesn't feel like a man. I don't care if he's a Christian or unchristian. Mm-hmm. A man does not feel like a man if he can't take care of his family. So well, guess, that's true. Guess, guess what? You have, and, and I think it's spiritual too. You have a lot of boys whose fathers don't have jobs or don't have ways to set them up to where the boy can have employment, be able to be, be a provider so that he can provide for his family. So so you have you have, you know, women's acceptance for the rappers, you have, you know, male acceptance because he's rough and his boys think he's cool, and then you have the financial acceptance, meaning 
I got money, I have money to burn, you know, cash rules everything around me, you know, I think Wu-Tang, you know, and you have mm-hmm. that aspect, so you have that, that particular allure. But a lot of that, to me, I think most of that comes from parenting, like the father not not being in the role to be able to, to put his son up with employment, where he doesn't have to depend on another race of people um, who, who, from what I've seen in, in a lot of situations, have acted extremely wickedly in regards to black men. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what other community that they sprinkle crack in, for some odd reason, is black people. I don't know what other group of men that they injected with syphilis, for some odd reason, is black men. And and we, we black people have pretty much handed the kids over to groups of people that, that really, in a lot of ways, want to make money off of them, but don't want to provide um, long, lifetime wealth for them. So that's why a lot of times you have not only the basketball players, but you have the, the, the sports stars with all these tattoos, of course, basketball, football, baseball, covered in tattoos, making a lot of money, but people are making tons of money off of these athletes. And, and the men are not, are not training the boys to, to forget training. The men don't have employment for the boys. So the boys have to leave the black community or the other communities in the hopes that maybe – They'll, they'll get employment. So here comes the rap, the A&R for rap groups to say, oh, here, I'll give you all kinds of money. Just sign your name right here, and you won't have to ever worry about money anymore. And then, then he, you know, he has to put up a front that he's everything that he isn't, and then you get into more depraved behavior. But I think a lot of that has to do with bad parenting from the father's side, not setting the son up for employment. Well, yeah, um, I, I believe that, um, and like I said, you know, the, the, this whole rap hip hop thing. This is why rap music is so popular because, you know, it's the surrogate father. You know, it's their surrogate father, the surrogate parent. It's what's giving them identity. It's what's making them feel like it's give. It's giving them an incentive to be what some what the, their their mothers never allowed them to be, and that's themselves you know and so this is why a lot of them walk around and they just you know they they don't have a they, they don't care about anything they don't care about rules and regulations um but um do you have something to add to that um guest caller from michigan <laughs> um no oh good uh i, I just I mean, think, I think that it's, i think it's more than one you know, more, it's a lot of different aspects. I'm just listening right now. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I uh, I just think that what we need to do is to recognize that there is an issue with, and this is why a lot of rappers are so popular. You know, a lot of rappers are so popular because, um, you know, this is what they think is what life is all about. You know, the whole term baby daddy, you know, where did that come from? You know, this whole thing about, um, you know, everything is smoking weed, you know, heading over to the club and meeting this chick and then taking her home. And, you know, the rest is history, you know. And so that's affected, again, you know, the way that we communicate with each other. You know, 
I walk up to a woman and I don't know what to say to her, not because I don't know what to say to her in the, in, in, in the sense of, well, I'm just, I, I, I was just hiding under a rock somewhere and I've never saw, seen a female before, but I don't know what to say to her because, you know, I don't know her mentality. Oh, yeah, you know, exactly. she's probably one of those types. Yeah, she's probably one of those but types. I think, of, I, it sounds like you stereotyping. I don't even think it's a large percentage of women who really think that way. I mean, it's not that many women. It's really not that high of a yeah. percentage of women who think that way. There's a lot of good women out there who are educated, who are Christians, who are, you know, who want to be chosen. I don't think, you know, you it just sounds so bad the way you put it. It sounds horrible. Yeah. Uh, say that again. I'm sorry. I just, it just sounds like it's just like the percentage is so high of those type of women. I don't believe that. I believe there are women out there like that, but it's not that bad like you're putting it out there. Not to me. Well, and I'm I mean, speaking, I'm speaking for women, so I don't think it's that bad the way you the way you putting it out there. It's like, <laughs> well, it's not. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying that it's seventy. It's not ninety percent of women are this way, but it's. Uh, you know, it's not. A, I don't know. It to me, it's on equal standing, you know, a lot of girls will tell us that we're all like that. We're, we're all want to think about sex. We're all, you know, either we're all on a down low or we're all, we and, yeah. and, and so this is the argument that I've heard. You know, I live in, I've been living in Philadelphia all my life and, you know, living around, being around African Americans, you know, from the cradle till now. And this is the argument and I don't mean any disrespect. I don't think that I'm, – I'm saying, you know, my thing is that I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of young girl, uh, Christian women, God-fearing women that are out there that are bibliocentric, that love the Lord and things of that sort. But I think that in today's world, I guess maybe – I guess I could use the word, dare I say, afraid. They're They're not really making themselves available simply because of – a bad experience, or maybe, you know, they don't want to be tainted by, you know, a guy that will tell them that they're Christian, and then by the time they are, you know, in the, she lets them in her life, then she, you know, the guy shows them that he isn't, and so they put up, some, you know, more or less a wall, but my point was that... You know, they tell us that. They tell us that we're all the same. You know, they don't have a problem. Or if they don't say all of us, they say most of us are like this. And most of y'all are in jail. And most of y'all are on child support, got babies out of wedlock, and don't take care of your kids and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, whoa, hold on a second there, miss. There some of us, there's a lot of us out there that are in college, number one, and graduating, Number two, there are some of us out there that are working. Number three, if they're not, you know, able to, you know, find a job, then we're doing something else. We're we're doing something that that's a little bit more constructive. Like there are, you know, black men out there who are writers, who are authors, you know, and they're doing something, you know, productive. But why aren't we communicating with each other? Why aren't we 
interacting with each other? Why is it that the good guy is always getting involved with the hood rat, and then the guy and, and the good girl is always getting involved with the guy that's been in jail five and six times? Propaganda. Oh, yeah. it's, it's propaganda. Oh. That's why you'll have you'll have the um, the good guy. He gets browbeaten by women. They'll say, <laughs> "Oh no, no, only a real man. A real man raises raises five kids from four different men." No, no, that's what a godly real man does. And a lot of guys they feel pressured to try to be um, the woman's savior instead of um, guiding the woman to Jesus and saying, "Have a nice day." Um, I think black men and black women they, they try a lot of times they they um, enlist into projects um, and try to um, take away the pain and the mistakes that that person um, reaped on themselves instead of telling them, "Have a nice day." And I think that's one thing. I think your answer, your, your your answer to the question is what you just said. It's you know, when when a lot of men um, they want to find a, a woman of God. That, you know, I was talking to a, a wonderful woman of God about this yesterday. A lot of women, in general, in America, man equals danger. So they're, they're walking with, with that actual file in their mind already before the man even even opens his mouth. And then, instead of the woman being sweet, kind, and warm to the guy, she grills him with all kinds of, like, darts, like, so what are you trying to say? You just want to hit? So what are you trying to say? You, just, you don't want to look at it. So what are you trying to say? 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 Okay, can we flip it to how about... My name is Nathaniel. Nice to meet you. I'm interested in you, and I would like to have a relationship. Before we even get to the relationship, the guy's already apologizing, and I think that's why that's why sometimes a lot of men are just like, "Yo, man, I'm not gonna even, I'm not gonna even step to any of these chicks." Or, and then here's the flip side: um, with, with black men and black women, how that issue going? So the black men might step back and be like, "Yo, I need to chill out. I need to get my mind right. I need to make sure to be to be prayed up before I talk to any of these women." Here comes the Asian girl. Here comes the white girl. Here comes the Hispanic girl. Here comes the Indian girl who who actually approaches him, talks to him, who's nice, sweet, and warm. And then guess what he gets? He gets marauded. He gets stolen. You know, they throw him in the bag, throw him over her shoulder, and they they ride out off into the sunset when he initially wanted the black woman. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, uh, give me your perspective. Um, I got no comment. <laughs> no, you, 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 because you're over there. You want to say it? Come on, say it. You want yeah, to say, say it? what you it's, have it's to say. Say it. I, I don't. No, I'm not gonna speak Testify, all my emotions. I, I just don't do that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just listening. That's all. No, I mean, well, if uh, I mean, you, you, we all adults. We, if you have something to say, you know, just you know, um, but. Just let's just try to be respectful of one another. Uh, I will say that one of the reasons why this is kind of off subject, but I meant to say this earlier. I think one of the reasons why women are attracted to thugs and guys out there on the streets is because they show this confidence. It may be false confidence. It may not be um, real confidence because the confidence is not based on God. But they show this confidence, which 
men in church don't, they, they seem kind of like they're insecure, like they don't have the confidence to approach a woman. They have this fear, all kind of stuff go in their mind about approaching women. And like the, the guys on the street, they don't think nothing of it. And that's what makes women attracted to those type of dangerous relationships. Well, how are they it's being that, it's that, Because every woman want to be led, whether she agree with it or not. You want to be with somebody who's a leader, who's going to take action and plan. And, you know, every woman wants a leader, but we're not getting that in the African-American community. We're not getting that. We're getting men who grew up with their mamas. The mamas are the mama, the girlfriend. They baby them. You know, we are not really getting a good pick of men. And it's frustration that goes out there with that. Because we're not getting leaders. We're not getting men who step up and walk in their authority. You know, we don't we don't have that. It's like a it's the the family structure is just broken down. So I, I don't know what to say, but Well, I mean okay, you uh mentioned something about um the way that thugs, quote unquote, approach most black women. How are they being approached? Are they being approached? Hey, Mama, what's going on? Hey, Shoddy. I'm not. What? I'm not talking about. I mean, I'm talking about. I'm only can speak on how I used to me, like when I was like 16, 17. I have grown up from there, and I definitely don't want to talk to that no more. But you just want somebody who you feel like is going to take care of you, who who know where they're going, know what they're doing, and they have confidence in themselves. If you don't even believe in yourself, why should somebody else believe in you? You get what I'm saying? Why why should a woman try to help a man who don't even know what their purpose is? Well, I don't, a I don't thug, know. A, a thug wouldn't know anyway. And but that's why I said false confidence. I didn't say it was real confidence. I, I know it you didn't say like it was know. real confidence. Right. Well, right. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. uh, a thug wouldn't know, and, and that, this is a general statement, a thug wouldn't mm-hmm. know how to lead a woman. As a matter of fact, it, you know, a thug would probably, comp, you know, more or less compromise her walk with God if she, has a, uh, if she has a relationship with That's God. That's why I call it false, because they put up this picture that they can do that, and then when you get into those relationships, then you find out that they, they really don't, you know, the nerd was really better. You get what I'm saying? The the person who society said was a nerd or was was a lame, he was really the good guy. So I'm not saying that I'm I totally agree with you. They don't know how to lead. They're they're not good men to pick, but they know how to play the game. They know how to present themselves and talk a good talk. You know, so well, I'm just telling you what what that's a little bit of what I believe was happening out there. And I think the church men are just you know. Sitting by the wayside, still praying, Lord, bring my wife. It's like, come well, on now. I, I think the church men, <laughs> and I don't think it's fear. I, I think it's, I don't think it's fear or apprehension. But I, they've been a lot of it is. A lot. I, I believe a lot of fear. But I don't think it's it's that. I, I think more or less of it being careful because. You know, again, I'm going to bring up experience. 
Um, okay, I'm going to bring up my own experience then, since everyone else has. Um, I have uh, been, I've dated maybe twice, and uh, I've been friends with a few young girls. Even when I was in college, I was friends with a uh, a female that was in film and video. We were, I was majoring in English, and she was majoring in film and video. And we were both writers. She was a screenwriter. She was working on a script, I think. And at the time, I was working on a, a, a series. I, I, think, I forget what it was. But anyway, it was a fictional series or something like that. So we ended up meeting each other, and we were friends. And what kept us from going that extra, a step further was the fact that she ended up um, thinking that I was – it was a call that I, I gave her that Saturday morning, and she got an attitude for no reason. I asked her, what, what were you up to? And she got an attitude right off the bat. And so I was. We were. I saw her again. I didn't hear from her again until that Tuesday. I was on the bus with her, and we were on, you know, she called me to the back and, you know, the very rear of the bus, and we ended up talking about that fateful afternoon when you know I was talking to her on the phone, and she ended up in tears. She burp, busted out in tears, and I sat there and I looked and I was like, "Are you serious? I mean, is that really what this is about?" It, it's almost as if I did something terrible to her, and I'm saying to myself, "What kind of emotional? I mean, what kind of a person am I dealing with here? What kind of emotional damage that?" She she was suffering that she suffered from before she met me mm-hmm. at the hands of some other guy that she right. was dealing with. So mm-hmm. the, the problem is that. when. Well, so why we, was she crying? Did she tell you why she why she was crying? No. That's, exactly. that's kind of crazy. Well, <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> kind of real crazy. Maybe yeah, she was on her period. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe. Does that don't even make sense to me? Well, to have a relationship that requires vulnerability. And, I mean, from what I've seen, I have sisters, I have a mom, I have aunts. A lot of these women, they're not, they're not truthful. They're not vulnerable. Mm. They're not honest. They won't admit to stuff. I mean, a girl, for instance, a girl could be either feeling a dude or upset about something. You'll never know. Or, or she'll manifest her sadness. You'll never know, right? Exactly. <laughs> she'll manifest her sadness. Her sadness, disappointment, and anger. Like, everything is angry. I'm angry, I'm angry. And here's, the, here's, here's what happens. Everything makes you, makes you angry. Anger means nothing. That's who you are. And so men, a man will look at a woman who's always yelling, always, so, so it lowers the importance of, of her emotions. So then the guy naturally he puts the girl on mute. He puts the woman on mute. And he she he puts her on mute and, and he's already thinking about now I need to find somebody else. Because man, there's a there's a lack of honesty. But then at the same time, a lack of honesty, a lack of humility, but then this expectation, this glorious expectation that she's gonna get rose petal pedicure, you know, pony horse rides, you know swept away with forbidden fantasies and erotic pleasures, you know, and, and marriage, mm-hmm. you know, like a Danielle Steele novel. And just treated the way that she desires to be treated, but she's not even working on 
a kindergarten level arithmetic and, and, and a simple relationship, which which tells the man, you know, they need to send this plate back to the kitchen because this ain't ready. She says she wants all this stuff, but she really doesn't want it. She says she wants, oh, I want to be led. No, you don't. You want someone mm. oh, to, to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You want a guy to do what you want him to do, and if he doesn't do what you want him to do, then he's not a man. And here comes the wolves, the sharks, and the liars. That will, that will, and, and that's how they get got. That will tell the woman, oh yes, oh you have five kids before this man. Oh you're a queen. Oh what? Oh what? you're so funny. You don't need to change anything. You're perfect just the way you are. Gotcha, chick. Oh, but where'd he go? He left me. He left me with, with the six kids. And his phone doesn't even work. Gotcha, chick, because you, a lot of the women aren't honest to where they can get the love that they deserve. If a woman doesn't reveal herself completely, how can she be loved completely? And that's why a lot of the women aren't loved completely, because there, there's so many walls that the man has to get through before mm-hmm. they get the woman's heart. And then they wonder why they're alone because men love women. Men love to enjoy a woman comprehensively, completely. If, if a man could blend a woman up in a second drinker, he would. Men love women. And if yeah. a woman will not give a man what he desires, he's going to go to a woman who will. Well, see, the thing is... And, and and I want to cut in again because you've touched on something, and uh, I'm trying to remain somewhat objective, but you keep touching on things that I agree with. Uh, you know, I, the, 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 I'm talking about this, this young lady that I met in college. She was – we were talking – the first time we talked, we were just talking and talking and talking and talking. And it was until I got personal when I called her – then that's when she changed. And then the relationship started to sputter. You know, it was still, we were still friends. But right then and there, I knew that I wasn't, I couldn't be uh, anything more with her. And the, the, the last time I saw her was when we went to New York. This was in 2006. We went to New York after I told her that I couldn't go because I didn't have the money. But um, we went anyway because she wanted to see this Medea uh, play and no money, so I ended up having to stand outside of the theater for four hours. Good, good for you, you know. <laughs> and it, it was like, okay, really? I mean, this is not uh, something that I really want to get into right now. But I, we ended up going home, and you know, I never saw her again. Never heard from her again. And as far as my knowledge is, you know, she might have left the state. But, you know, and I'm saying to myself, well, why is it so difficult? And I'm going to keep raising this question. Why is why can't we build a family? Why are there so many interracial relationships? And I don't have a problem with that for all those listeners that believe, oh, David must have a problem with interracial. No, no, I don't. You know, but I, I it, it's fascinating to me that guys are telling me the same thing, the same thing that you just got finished talking about, Nathaniel, the same thing. And when we bring up, bring it up to the ladies, you know, it's like, well, 
We're not going to listen to you. We're just going to keep defending ourselves. Okay, well, we're not saying all. We're not saying even 90%. You know, it... You know, it, it's almost as if we're not, uh, and, and, and this is mothers. Mothers treat their sons this way, you know, and their the girlfriends treat their boyfriends this way. Well, if and unless he's a thug, then it, the, role, the roles will reverse. And I don't know. What, what do you think? Any, 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 does anybody want to take a stab at what I just said? Ladies first. Yeah, ladies first. I, I, I have nothing to say right now. I'm just oh. listening. Yes, you do. There's nothing? No, nothing. Okay. Well, this this is my thought on that. I, I, I know. Nate always has something to say. No, no, well, you said you do. You, do you really have something always. to say? You'll never yeah. have a, uh, you'll never have a situation where you would have nothing to say. Well, my heart, I, I have to express my heart. I have a full heart, you know? Lot, you know, a lot, lot inside of myself that, I, you know, this inside of me that I want to share. Um, I, black men love black women. We think about them. Sometimes we fantasize about them. We fantasize about being their hero, about being a leader, about being a great father, about being a great friend. And I think, I mean, a guy can only, I guess, like you say, he can only take so much, like, in, in specific relationships. But, irregardless, I mean, of the man and the woman, I think, again, this has everything to do with the men and the women um, being comfortable around each other to, to accept and embrace and see love and vulnerability as a good thing. It, it is, it's good to be vulnerable with someone that you want to live the rest of your life with. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to have a relationship with a chick just to, just to hit quick, hit quick and move on. Like, I want to be with her forever, as long as I'm alive. So I don't take, I don't take relationships or, or women lightly. So I, I think, I guess was, I guess you brought up interracial stuff, which again, the only, the only reason why these women are getting black men or vice versa, black, I guess with black women, we're talking about black men, black women or black men are going to other races is because um, there's initial issues with black men and black women. Because, again, these, these men will be wrapped up, bagged and tagged, and, and, and married, like if there weren't any issues. They would be because black, because black women Black men go to black women first, but um, but I I I I do think um, for the men there isn't enough enough um, healthy examples to where they're not looking at their mother or their aunt running game on their uncle, because I've seen my aunts do some really really grimy stuff to my uncles. I see my sisters do some really grimy stuff to people that have loved them, and it's like yo, you know. But I'm not like oh well. A black woman or this, that, and a third. You know, <laughs> you know, most black men they only talk about what they've gone through. They don't talk about somebody else's um, woman did to their homeboy. But again, 
I think seriously, if black women and black men can can be at peace and trust each other, I mean, you would have all kinds of like all kinds of wonderful things popping off. It's just either, I mean, both people are on two separate pages. There's fear, or like like you said, maybe fear fear that the man's going to hurt them. My whole thing is, let me hurt you first. Oh my goodness! Wow. If, if if that's what I'm gonna do, don't don't beat me when I, when I'm showing up with roses. You understand what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna beat me like I, like I cheated on you, let me cheat on you first. But don't beat me when I'm showing up with roses. Is what is what I think a lot of black men experience. Like the fear that a man's gonna take advantage of them, so they gotta get them first just to make sure. You know, just in case they gotta beat him. Like you see that with with mothers and sons. He's looking funny, so she's gonna beat him because she he, she knows that he did something wrong. She just hasn't found it out yet. So the relationship becomes this like this this treasure hunt just to figure out. I I know he's up to something. I just haven't found it out yet. Instead of yeah, the you know, yeah, it's so. something about this guy. So in my case, he'll just disappear. She'll just disappear. Won't call, call me back. And then I'll call her back, and then, you know, I'll talk to her, uh, you know, her answering machine or a voicemail. And, you know, so she's just gone. Like, I had a friend, a female friend that I was friends with for about 10 years. And all of a sudden, she just stopped talking to me. Like, one week, we we went from sharing a pizza on the, the front bench outside and then the following week, we just stopped talking. And so I walked over to her two, two months. Two months later, after us not speaking to each other, because when I, when, I, when I went to the uh, the laundromat and I was coming back because I had placed my, my clothes in the dryer, I walked back up to speak to her. So she was coming you know, across the street with her kids. And then when I walked over to her to speak, she just turned her back. And I was like, Okay, I was standing there looking silly, so I just walked across the street and ended up going in, in, into my apartment. But two months later, I went over to her to ask her, well, you know, what, what's going on? You know, you, we haven't spoken to each other in about two and a half months. And she said, oh, it has nothing to do. She gave me this faraway look like, oh, well, it doesn't have anything to do with you. So you haven't spoken. We went from sharing a pizza, laughing and joking on the bench in front of my apartment to us not speaking to each other for two and a half months, and now you're going to say it doesn't have anything to do with me. Okay. I didn't say all that to her, but she said, um, well, you know, so, okay. So then she says, well, you know, I haven't been feeling well all day. So, uh, yeah. I said, okay, well, how's the family? She said, oh, they're fine. And she kind of turned her head and so I said, okay, I'll just talk to you later then. And then I walked across the street to the store, and that was the end of it. Friendship was gone. Just ten years down the drain for no reason. I'm like, what in the world? Are, are we that crazy? Or do we not know how have our has the dysfunctional family messed us up so bad, messed us up as far as, being able to relate to each other, okay, has that messed us up so bad that we just stopped being friends with each other? You know, I'm not even expecting sex with you. We, we're friends, and all of a sudden, well, screw you now, Dave. I don't want to be bothered with you no more. What, what, I mean, 
you know, I was talking about that all for the, for the past year. You know, it was just, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's just mind-boggling, you know, just mo- totally mind-boggling. I, I don't understand it. I, why do we do that to each other? I mean, I don't understand why. And, and again, I'm going to keep raising the question. Why is it so difficult for us to build together? We can't even build friendships Um, listen, I want to I want to hear what um what um what the female caller has thought on what you're sharing. Guest number three from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I'll call just, you that I'll... since you didn't give me a name. <laughs> um, are you? Would you like a name? Yes, ma'am. Marie. Marie is from. Yes, from Michigan. Marie from Michigan. May, uh, may I ask what part? The Detroit, uh, Ann Arbor, <laughs> um, Lake Michigan. I don't know. Um, I, I'm being funny, but uh, what 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 city? If you don't mind my asking. Detroit. Oh, okay, Detroit, Michigan. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, Marie from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, anything <laughs> to add to that? <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> oh. Nope. You sure? I'm sure. I mean, if I have something to say, I would definitely tell you. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I understand. Yeah. I, to, to me, I think we, I think about the scripture in First Corinthians. Um, it says love is um, kind. And um, we can, we often treat people specific ways because we just know we can get somebody else. We just know that, oh well, I can just get I can get another another guy. I got another guy right now and I got three on deck if this guy messes up or what whatnot or, or vice versa. I got I, I know I I can get another woman. I got five on deck. And and a lot of times I think that's what gives us that particular arrogance to, to even say, I'm not I'm not even tell you how I feel. Deal with it, you know. I'm not, I mean, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. It is what it is, you know. And um, I think what happens, sadly, is 10 years down the road, you're like, it. I really treated David really disrespectfully. I remember when we sat on the bench at AP and he wasn't looking for anything from me, and I mudded him out. Well, well you know. I guess I, I missed opportunity, and I think that's where, you know, sadly many people find themselves looking back and, and thinking, man, like, I should have did this or I should have did that when when it's down to this people aren't loving. So, you, know, so, you know, sometimes toward women towards men and sometimes it's men towards women. It's people that aren't loving um, by being honest. But, tr- again, and to me, this is the issue I see in church. A lot of times um, you want to talk about church, but you're not really about church. You're not really about the actual struggle itself. Like you just want God to give you something. That's why you see in a lot of the black churches um, a lot of old people that smell like mothballs, you know, and a lot of a lot of young kids. But you don't see people in the prime of their life willing to give their life because um, – People really don't care about anything but themselves, from what I've seen. A lot of people don't care about 
anything but themselves and what they can get. And it is even manifested in their relationship with God. So, like, I'm here because I know I'm going to die. I don't, I know, I don't want to go to hell. Um, you know, forget your, forget your purpose, God. I just don't want to go to hell. I'm, I don't want to fulfill your purpose that I've been, I've been made for. And, um, and it translates over, you know, in relationships. And this is um, our parents. I mean, this is the, the elders and, and the adults' fault. How can you, how can you peddle something that, how can you sell something that you're not willing to um, consume yourself? You know, they're liars. Many of them that, that go to church, many of them are liars. Many of them have had premarital sex, their parents. My, my, my mom and dad told, had, get, talked to me about that. You know, many of them have, a, you know, followed the scriptures, but then they want you to follow the scriptures because guess what? It makes them look good. So you, so what, what are you left with? You're left with a whole bunch of kids that have not, that don't know what to do because they have, one, not only have not been taught, but, two, they have not been shown the example by anybody nope. in their life, by anybody in their life. But then we want people to come together and it's just supposed to work out. It's like, that's insane. But, you know, good luck trying to deal with it, you know. That's the other side, you know, dealing with it and actually saying, you know, we're not perfect, but we got to work together. We got to come to a, to a um, conclusion before, you know, before too late, you know. Now, I have a question, um, you know, and this is along the lines of what we've been talking about for the past uh, 93 minutes, um, and we only have about uh, 7, 18 minutes left. But what I want to do is is ask this question. Do you think the black church perpetuates singleness or no? The black church per- perpetuates powerlessness. Hmm. And in what manifest- way? It's manifested in one like the the men aren't they're not trained from you know look if if I had a church if if I was a captain of a church, there would be men that would be that would by the time he's eighteen he would have his own his own job by the time he's twenty five he would have built his own house, no mortgage, and be able to be able to move move a woman into his house at twenty five so how, how would you how would you do that? How would you accomplish that goal? Oh 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 okay okay see how how would I how would I do that? Okay well mm-hmm. this is how this is how I do it. I would mobilize the male members of the church. Every man has a has a particular talent, um, and put them at put them into work into every single boy. And if there's you know five men in the church, those five men pour their talents into each male in the church. So you have not every, so every little boy has five men inside of him. Five men, five men tasks, five male um talents inside of him. Um, and all of all five of them will have the ability to generate money, revenue, and to be able to provide for his family. So he doesn't have time to smoke weed, do lives of cocaine, or take a credit card and swipe it between the butt of a stripper. He's too busy pouring concrete, cutting down trees putting up drywall, doing push-ups, growing a garden, um, you know. Growing a garden? Yeah, yeah. Growing a garden, hydroponics. 
going to garden from, you know, a self-sustained garden to where he actually feeds, he has food to actually feed his family, you know, he knows how to build. Because, again, my belief is a man carries the lion's share of the family, family's responsibility on his back. The woman's there to help, but the man's there to carry the lion's share of responsibility on his back. It, it begins and it ends with him. God didn't go to Eve. God went to Adam. And that's what I would do. That's, you know, and I would start, start on them at five. They would know how to cook. They would know how to garden. They would know how to build. They would work with concrete, work with masonry, work with drywall. They would know how to, you know, work with wood, um, work with flooring. Like, it, they would be comprehensive men. They would understand politics. They would understand the community. They would understand how how to um, talk to women, how to treat women. They would not be around me for five years and still be a <clears throat> wussy. They would not be around me as a man of God and, and remain unchanged for five years, and neither would the women. And this is where the sin in the church is. People allow people to stay unempowered 5, 10, 15, 20 years at a time. And then they want to yell at them for having premarital sex. No, no, um, Church Annie Mel, you need you needed to actually do your job, you know. But you that's, that's what I said earlier. That's exactly what I said earlier. What What do you mean? Well, church, I think she was talking about the church was compromising. Right, I see yeah. that. Yeah, that's but that's how I would feel about that. I think. Um, but it definitely, I mean, you shouldn't even be to the church. To, again, you shouldn't be going to the church looking, this is just my belief, looking for them to actually give you anything. As a man of God and as the leader of the family, you're the family's pastor. So if your kid, I mean, it's almost like if your kid hears, hears it from the pastor, as a man, you've almost failed. If, you, if you've been in your life, again, if you've been in your life, child's life for for two years, you should have at least read the Bible with them once, all the way through. If you're a Christian for, for five years or more, you should at least have read the Bible once, all the way through. We have people that have been Christians for 15 to 20 years that haven't even read the Bible all the way through. But then, but then one thing to work out for them, and then for some odd reason, you know, you know, ty, you know, you know, you know, the Tyrese of of, um, of where they're located takes off his shirt. And it's pouring water all over his glistening abs and pectoral muscles, and they, you know, they wonder why why the thirst gets them, you know, why they get caught in a thirst trap, because they 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 how do they say it? They weren't about that life, that Christian life before God. They weren't about doing God's will. They were just there, in hopes that okay, this is what I need to do. Just come here and sit in church. Like and it's like no, like. You go to church to give, not to get. Christians are here on earth to give, not, not to get. get. You're in a well, relationship you... to give, not to get. Well, and, I uh, uh, yeah. had uh, a similar experience with, uh, you know, and I, I, I agree with what you were saying, but I'm going to take it a step further. I think that a lot of churches, you know, black church in particular, uh, just it, – it, perpetuates 
you know, perpetual, well, it perpetuates permanent singleness because, uh, for one thing, uh, I've been to a lot of churches that, well, not a lot, but most, you know, or some churches, black churches that uh, have just women and maybe two or three men there, or the amount of, the number of men you can count basically on your hand, on, on your right hand. And yeah. they don't communicate with each other. You know, they they outside of, you know, God bless you, have a nice night, whatever, and then mm-hmm. they rush off. Yep. And they go to their car and mm-hmm. and they get in their car and they go off and they go home. Mm-hmm. And so there's no fellowship. So now we don't know each right. other. We we're sitting in church and we don't have a clue as to who we are. So it makes it even more difficult to get to know each other and to, and this is why you see a lot of marriages, you know, a lot of individuals, a lot of Christian women marrying unsaved men and vice versa. Yep. Because I there's no, the pastor does not preach or teach about the importance of marriage. And in no, it is, so it's no wonder why we've got such an epidemic of either perpetual singleness well, well, we've got all these different people getting married three and four and five times. And we've got all these blended families running around. Can I also say that uh, what people don't really realize is single people is a very great asset to churches because single people have a lot of time and opportunity to volunteer, to mm-hmm. serve, to uh, invest in that church, you know, so... Like, even for me, I would give myself a, as an example, you know, I'm in leadership. And so because I'm single, they, they used to give me so much responsibility that I had to tell them, like, you know, I need to have a life. I need to be able to still be able to socialize and have a life. They utilize, they love single people because they can utilize or maximize their church, their purpose and vision because we have so much free time compared to people who are married, compared to people, not saying that married people don't serve, but they have a lot more responsibility trying to take care of each other, you know, taking care of kids. They really, you know, they like that. They, single people really help take off churches, and people don't realize um, that really helps out the pastor, you know. So I think that's another issue, well, another thing that, you know, you can look at because well, the pastor, you know, needs an associate minister, and and that's his purpose, you know, to exactly. help him out or to her help, help her, you know, him out, and yeah. so my thing is, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to discount this, you know, what you just got finished saying because I agree, mm-hmm. you know, singles do have um, more time to devote their time to God, their talent, their treasure, and their, you know, but. You know, you've got other individuals that, you know, you, for instance, you've got, um, you know, people that can, uh, you've got, a, for instance, you've got uh, individuals that could, you've got an associate's pastor, you've got, um, you know, pastors can get an associate minister. Like I said, they, they can get a... But, but they can't... But see, when you talk about a church organization, you need more than just associate pastors. You need faithful volunteers because associate pastor can't help the pastor, can't be in the kitchen, can't be in the nursery, 
can't be in the parking lot, can't be an usher. You need volunteers who's going to be able to build that vision. Just like when, if you come up with a nonprofit organization, eventually as it starts growing and as it starts developing, you need more than one. You can't just, you don't need just a system. You need people who are going to volunteer and organize the vision. It's not just about an associate pastor, a co-pastor, and a pastor. Who, I mean, no, who's going to usher well, I'm not saying it's all going to be in, in, the right. past, in, in the associate pastor's, you know, arsenal. He's going to be a man of a thousand hats. But, you know, my thing is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, and I'm not saying that, you know, singles aren't, you know, supposed to devote their time and their energy to the cause of Christ. But at least um, try to establish a sense where singles matter. In other words, let's, you know, single people, let, let's all try to get to know each other. You know, I mean, I'm not saying let's all just, you know, gather them all in a herd and just, you know, I let them all get married that. and all that. I but agree with that. Let, let's, let's try to get to know each other as opposed to separating, because that's what I see in a lot of churches. The, the, the but, you, but they do singles have events. Yeah. They do have events. And then guess what? When you go to the event. It's like 500 women to three men. I mean, who wants to go to, I mean, you meet more guys at the gym than going to a singles event at a church. I'm sorry? I see they do organize. I know churches that do organize events for singles. And a lot of times when I have went to events like that, it has been the, the ratio of men versus women it's horrible. You might have yeah. five to one man. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. Ten women to one. I mean, who wants to do that? Who wants to be? I could just hang out with my girl if I was going to yeah. do something like that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've been in situations like that, like um, single speed dating or um, yeah. like mixers. And I've come out. I know for me, I've come out of situations like that, like those, especially like like single weekends and stuff, being more depressed. And yes. Than, yes. Than like when, I, when I actually began, so um, <laughs> I, I agree. Single people, they're, they're free. They're free to move about and do specific things. But just because they have the time, does not mean that that time is the churches to to decide to actually mandate their own tasks and duties. Right, but, but, and that's but what that's, I was trying to get on. That's what they teach. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm not saying that's right to make a single person utilize her, but I know they teach that because Paul talked about that, how the the married person is supposed to uh, take care of things of the married person, but a single person is supposed to take care of things of the Lord. And they have preached it and preached it for their advantage, not knowing that. Greet each other with a holy kiss, too. Paul also said, too, um, if you're... um, if you're burning, what is if if, you're, if you can't control yourself, you need to get married. And, and again, we, we keep on coming back to this issue, not issue, but the reality of of truth. Like we can't hide as single people away from the truth. That's why I think that's why a lot of people they end up getting with either either the ratchet chick or the thug is because they just can't. Like they've been trying to hold it for so long, or trying to do God's will for so long that a lot of times 
they give way to desire and they fall into particular sins or whatnot when it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way, I guess. Um and I guess that's what they David's getting at, like Or they're not being made to be available, you know, we, we we can give all of our time, talent and treasure to the church there but we we're not available for anybody else. We're not even available for our own for ourselves. And yeah. so what we do and, and this is what makes us fall prey to the devil and his his, his mm-hmm. uh, you know, temptation is when we come home and we feel that that web of loneliness coming down on us, we pick up the phone and we call, you know, Dorcel and Man Man from around the way, or we end up calling Shamika or or Dimika, whatever these stupid names that they they call themselves, you know, from from around the corner, and you know, we we get we get caught up, you know, simple as that. We just get caught up, but. You know, pastors are not, and this is why. You know, again, we, we have so many uh, individuals, so many Christians. You know, getting married two and three and four times, and uh, I'm, you know, and so I don't know. I mean, it's it's a shame, and uh, we're we're coming on. Uh, we're about we we have about three minutes into the show, but uh, should I make this a part two? Yeah, go ahead. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna probably make this a part two uh, next week because uh, we only have about two minutes now. Uh, so um, it's uh, been a wonderful show. Um, you know, thank both of you for joining me. And uh, uh, so um, yeah, Nathaniel, uh, you've made a lot of brilliant points. Uh, Marie, you've. Uh, Contributed very nicely to the, sh- to the show, uh, and hopefully you'll you'll able to, you, you both will be able to join me next week. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to join. We're gonna need Marie to probably um, chime in a little bit more. She's being bashful. I know there's a lot a lot that she has to share. I can I can tell. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Wait, yeah, she wanted to really talk to us. Oh, about holding stuff, back. but yeah, she was holding back. She was y'all, y'all made me not want to be me. I'm telling y'all, y'all made me kind of feel a certain type of way. I ain't gonna <laughs> feel that way about women. I'm like, I might just stay single because I'm, I'm happy, you know? Just too much. Yeah. No, yeah. you you want to get married? Don't don't speak don't speak that curse on your life. I pray that Marie is married within the next three years to a godly man. Don't talk like that. You want to be you? No, we're not we're not going to we're not we're not <laughs> going to say things we don't mean. You see, we got we have to be honest. We got to be be truthful about what's really going on. I don't want you. I don't want you to be. Let that be somebody else who who decided to mm-hmm. decide not. But yeah, mm-hmm. she's married and be happy. You know, let's let's be honest. Well, let me let me put this out here before I go. Um, <laughs> it, it's not that we hate women; we don't have a problem with women. We were just sharing our individual. Well, I hate women. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I, I'm total massages. No, um, <laughs> but you know, we we don't hate women. We don't have a problem. We don't have an issue with women. Uh, we're not going to end up being serial killers, you know, but. We are just explaining our, you know, 
experiences, our individual experiences. And all of us have different experiences, you know, uh, during our adulthood and growing up even, and especially when it comes to the dating world. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, you know, I don't think I've ever been married. I know I haven't been married. I don't have any children. And uh, mm-hmm. I haven't really been necessarily a um, a ladies, you know, man or, you know, been uh, more or less, you know, told uh, that I was, uh, you know, desirable, you know, to women. But, you know, I took that in stride and, I, you know, I didn't lose my mind. I didn't say, well, you know what, screw women, did this, that, and the other. No, but I just think that during, you know, because of my experiences, you know, and because I've dealt with different types of women, I just think that nowadays, especially nowadays, examining the culture for what it is, you know, we're just not able. I just wanted to know why we weren't able to build a family, you know, like we see in other races. Yeah, it could be done. It definitely can. And through the power of God, it will be. Um, I think just like anything else, any other situation, men and women are tested. And um, I'll, sh- I'll shut up. We'll talk more next week. I have a lot to say. So. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you too for joining me, and hopefully, uh, I'll, you know, we could resume uh, next week. So, uh, God bless both of you, and uh, have a good evening. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. See you later. See you later.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.